In a world that's always changing, there is one thing that never changes, God's unchanging word. And now, from God's Unchanging Word Studios in New Orleans, we are pleased to bring you news, nuggets, and insights with today's host, Tom Carey. Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to God's Unchanging Word and another edition for our news, nuggets, and insights. And today is Friday, March 11, 2022. And we've got a really powerful program today, so you make sure you stick around to the very end. You don't want to miss this program. We're going to begin with the bigger picture, the war on Ukraine. You've been watching a lot in the news, and there's a lot to be covered. But we're going to cover some things that you probably didn't think about that affect your future in prophecy. Today, we're also going to talk about the coming famines that always follow wars. We need to be prepared, and we need to get ready. And we're going to talk about that in our third segment today, is being proactive in the lean years. What are you doing to prepare for what's ahead? Let's get into our program. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm going to bring in a slide that we brought up just a few weeks ago from wars and rumors of wars. Never could a more prophetic statement have ever been made in this time that we live in today. And it was made from a representative in Germany. This is from Anna Lena Baerbach. She said just a couple weeks ago, February 24th, and I quote, We woke up in a different world this morning. And boy, did we ever, in just two weeks, we have watched the entire world shift into chaos that we never dreamed was so possible so quick. So now let's begin the program with this. You just can't make this up. This again, this is not funny. This is serious. Talking about the insanity of the leadership that we have today. Just as the U.S. threatens Russia with sanction, it has Russia at the same time negotiating with Iran on our behalf. This is insane. So while we're out talking about how, how Russia is this incredible uh, person, nation, who has actually broken so many laws of humanity, we've got them on the same side of the table with the U.S. negotiating with us. Why is he negotiating with us? Because Iran won't talk to us anymore at the negotiating table. So we've got the Russian representative negotiating on our behalf. Now, if that's not bad enough, look what he's doing. Iran nuclear talks rocked by Russian demand for sanction exemptions. So while he's out negotiating on our behalf to put Iran back into a nuclear deal, which we shouldn't be doing to begin with, he's taken the negotiations to protect Russia. Moscow seeks guarantees regarding trade with Iran that would undermine the West's response for the Ukrainian invasion. Russia has taken the Iran nuclear deal hostage as part of a wider battle with the West over the Ukraine. It threw in a last-minute span into the agreement to lift a swath of U.S. economic sanctions in Tehran. So here's what Russia's saying. If you want Iran back at the, at the nuclear table, then you're going to give us what we want and we'll negotiate on your behalf. This is unbelievable. I mean, what government in their right mind does this? Now, at the same time, we continue to purchase oil, 675 barrels a day, while continuing policies of shutting down our own production. Now, I want to mention this as, as a side note. We're taping on Tuesday. As of Tuesday, this is still the case. But in all probability, the purchase of oil 
By the time you get this program on Friday, we'll have been halted from Russia because there's so much anger around the world because of what Russia's doing into Ukraine that the United States is finally bowing down to stop buying oil. It appears they're going to do that sometime later today. We will see. At the same time, Biden's new EPA regulations threaten shutdowns here in America. This is continuing to take place in the escalation of the prices of oil. Even here in New Orleans, we went up to over $4.19 a barrel just for regular gas. The highest gas prices in history. And we still have regulations on that's continuing to want to shut down the oil refineries while he's out lying to the public that he's doing everything in his power to bring down the price of, of oil. It's a lie. It's absolute lie. Now, it's just not the war in Ukraine and the sanction on Russia's ability to export fertilizer and supplies that farmers are facing, the failed Biden energy policies, and the leftist climate change policies are also wrecking havoc. So all of this together comes into play while we continue to see the price of oil go up. Now, when I left the house this morning, Tuesday morning, it was like 120, I think $7 a barrel that we're paying just for oil right now. The Biden EPA set to run a small Texas oil refinery out of business with the new uh, government regulations. This just came out from San Antonio Oil Company, it's a refinery uh, in Texas, saying that the EPA regulations that they were handed to them in December of 2021, according to those regulations that this company has to follow, he said, we will be out of business before the end of the year. And not them only, but other refineries at the same time. The administration continues to drive out fossil fuel companies while everything else rises up. Meanwhile, we're having to buy oil from everyone else. Now, if we quit buying from Russia, what are we going to do? They're out negotiating with Saudi Arabia to buy oil, to negotiate with, believe it or not, Iran to buy oil and the dictatorship down in Venezuela to buy oil. At the same time, we're shutting down everything here in America, telling us how good this is actually going to be. Now, with that is our foundation for what I want to tell you today, how insane the leadership was. Let's now begin to show where we're going and where this is leading us with the Bible prophecies of what God laid out. Now, normally on NNI, we cover the news events first, very similar to what I just did as we began this program. We'll give you the news, and then what do we do is then we bring in the biblical importance of what's taking place. I'm going to do it differently today. I want to bring in the biblical uh, understanding first, and then I'm going to cover the stories to show you how it's all into play. So today we're going to begin with the biblical narrative and then the news events and how to prepare. So the knowledge alone isn't good enough if you don't act upon what God is giving us. So let's look at the biblical principles first. All right. This is what we're going to go into when we begin looking at that. The bigger picture. All right. That's definitely the war in Ukraine. All right. So what's the bigger picture? Have we entered the time of the seals? You know, the first and second, third, fourth seals, fifth, sixth, seventh seals. The bigger picture is... How does all this play in God's holy word toward the end time? 
Because two weeks ago, as we just read at the beginning of this program, we woke up in a different world. That sleeping giant, Germany, who's been waiting to raise up its head for those final ten toes of, the, of what we look for, that image of Daniel, has now begun to be fulfilled in our eyes, in our lifetime. How does that play, and what are you and I going to do as we prepare for the end time before the return of Jesus Christ? That is the bigger picture. Before Jesus Christ returns, we have to enter into the time of the seals, first, second, third, and then the fourth seal, of course, which is the bigger. Let's talk about that just briefly. How does all of this play? Let's take a look at one of the things that just took place in showing you how God says, I'm going to take away the wisdom. I'm going to take away their knowledge. The, the prudent will not be there anymore. No more auditors. Nobody telling us to be able to do what we need to do to be able to fulfill our destiny as a nation. It's all gone. Let me show you why. It's almost as if Satan has put his hedge around us that he doesn't let us move. All right, there's a siege that's taking place. And in that siege, like a war, if you have generals and they're looking at the table and they're, they're a siege with an enemy coming in, they will try to move in certain directions to outflank the enemy so that they don't go down or become captured. Well, it's almost like Satan now has put this siege around the mindset of the leadership of this nation so that no matter what they do, it fails. Let me show you just one example of this. Right, right now, they're trying to move us off of fossil fuels. They want to go to the EV vehicles, electric vehicles, correct? Let me show you what's going on, all right? Watch this. This was on Monday, all right? This is from, this is from the White House, March 7, 2022, from Statement and Releases. Kamala Harris announces the EV push. The fact sheet, Vice President Harris announces actions to accelerate clean transit buses, school buses, and trucks. Everybody in the audience, whether they're there, whether they believe it or not, all stand up and applaud. Man, this is great. We're going to have clean energy. This is in the middle of this crisis of gas going up, right? We're going to get off of gas. You have to make you wonder, did they orchestrate some of this on purpose to get us off of Oil, you don't know. So now they're using this. Pete Buttigieg said, well, you want to save money? Just go out and buy an EV vehicle. You got $60,000 laying around? Go buy one. You got $120,000? Get a nice one. So what happened? Let me show you what I'm talking about, how insane this is. Well, we don't want to be dependent on Russian oil, do we? Watch what happened. This was yesterday. I was up early this morning at 5 o'clock. I couldn't sleep with all this on my mind. So I turned on the financial network, and look what I see. All right? Watch this. Vice President Kamala Harris <clears throat> announced the major federal actions that will expand clean public transit and school buses, reduce emissions from dirty diesel trucks, and create good-paying jobs. All sounded real good. We're going to outflank Russia. Tuesday morning, I wake up to this. Nickel trading halted following a 250% increase in value overnight. So what has that got to do with the EV? Let me take you to the next step. 
Nickel is the most important metal by mass in lithium ion battery cathodes used by the EV manufacturers. Currently, nickel makes up one-third of nickel-magnesium-cobalt cathodes and 80% of the nickel-cobalt-aluminum cathodes. Without this, you have no batteries. You following me? Oh, wait, it gets better. Watch this. Russia is the third largest exporter of nickel. So we don't, we're not going to support Russia in their oil. We're going to go EV. And Russia says, go right ahead. You got to come see us to get it. See what I'm talking about? It's almost like whatever this administration does, Satan, and through God removing his head of protection around our nation, continues to deteriorate. There's not a thing we can do to stop it other than repentance, and this nation will not repent. All right, let's go on. Now, Let's take a look at the world, the global world, and the individual events taking place because, you see, they don't stand alone. They are part of the bigger picture. The bigger picture of events and the world chaos taking place are only the fruits of it, the outward manifestations of a spiritual war advancing on mankind. Let me repeat that. They are only the fruits of the outward manifestations of a spiritual war advancing on mankind. We've been out of spiritual war now for quite some time. So that once God took his hedge of protection around, you remember the story of Job? You know, God calls, Job, calls to Satan, he says, where you been? He says, well, I've been going to and fro on the earth. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? He's perfect in all his ways. And, Job, and God tells, uh, Satan tells God, well, he's, only, he's only that way because you got your protection around him. Take away your protection and see what he does. Well, you see, God protects. And he's taking away his head protection over this nation. And we're seeing it continue to deteriorate with the attacks and the assaults, just like God let happen to Job. Let's go on. Ephesians 6, verse 12. <clears throat> Excuse me. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against the powers and the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And we are wrestling against that. So no matter what the wisdom might be of this nation, it's failing. And because, see, Satan knows where we're going next. All right. Now, let's take a look at the seals. All right. Last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the fourth seal. We've actually brought in Garner Ted, and we've played some clips from years and years ago. This is the fourth seal, Revelation 6, verse 7 and 8. It was the pale horse. And when they opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death. And hell followed him. And power was given to him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger, with death and the beast of the earth. Eventually, the fourth seal leads to this stage. How does it get to that stage? I want to talk about that next. The beginning of sorrow. So now let's see what God says about this. Matthew 24, verses 5 through 8. It tells us that they're going to come first, false Christ. Then it says wars and rumors of wars. And I covered that sermon just a few weeks ago, and I'll bring that slide up in just a second. Following that comes famines. Pestilence and earthquakes 
All right, those are the first of the seals. Look what it says here when all these things begin to take place. This is in verse 8. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. It's really interesting the way God laid that out for us, that just the beginning of sorrows. Look what it goes on to say. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So what God's showing us that there's coming a time that we're going to move into this period that all of these sorrows are going to take place, but God's saying it's not over yet. He's saying it's just beginning. So in other words, you got some time. You better get your act together because when these sorrows begin, they're not going to be pretty. We began talking about that just a couple weeks ago in repairing the breach. I believe I did this one back in January. It might have been December that we brought this one out. Preparing for the kingdom. There's a couple slides in here that I want to bring out, and that's why I brought that up today to show you. I'm going to show you the events in that sermon, how fast they're moving and where we are today. What I've put up here that you're seeing up on that screen, if we could pull that up, Jeff, I might want to leave that up just a little bit. Here's the, the last of the four, uh, I'm sorry, the last of the seven years on the Shemitah years and the calamities on our nation. 2001 is the beginning where we see the fall and I believe that was actually our physical hedge of protection really came down right there. Also, I tied in, you see Leviticus 26 with beginning of curses. We went seven more years. We saw the beginning of the financial crash of 2008. And we're actually beginning to repeat that right now, believe it or not. You're going to see, I believe, before this year is over that we're going to move into, if we don't get into the crash yet, we could believe, begin to get into a recession. Because anytime you see oil rise like this, you know what's followed the last four times? A recession. It's quite interesting that we're right here, too. 2022, a seventh year. All right, so seven times damage. You hear another seven times in 2015, and it's another seven times of curses there. And then, of course, seven times more 2029. So what God's showing us that from here, when he took away his hedge of protection, we only seven year cycles. They call the Shemitah years on that seventh year. And with each of these events, God shows seven times greater calamity, disaster, curses that God says, judgments. We're there. Each one of them. Here it wasn't as noticeable in 2015 because it became more spiritual. All right, so do you remember what I read you a little while ago? I said that what we're looking at is the physical manifestations of a spiritual battle. This is when that spiritual battle was beginning to be unleashed. That's when Satan sent the Pope right here, and he began to tell us what he's going to do. And this world was not smart enough to recognize it. Seven more years brings us right here, 2022. So when you look back just two years ago, there was no way to tell exactly what was going to take place. But one thing we understood, that if the pattern follows the seven-year cycles, the Shemitah years, that 2022 was not going to be a good year for this nation. And it's not. And in fact, it's getting to be the worst of all of them already. And we're only in March. So now, 2022, this was incredible what happened. You see that statue I just put up there? That statue is a picture of an image that represents something out of the book of Daniel. And where is it? It's a pagan symbol here. 
is at the entrance to America at the UN. Again, just like with the Pope signaling what he's going to do, God's letting us see that he's doing it. Let's go on. This idol, the beast, showed up in the Shemitah year at the entrance to America via the UN. That is significant. We need to pay attention. That's not an accident. This nation should be tearing down all those idols, but they're not. They're tearing down Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, and many of the other leaders around the nation. It's crazy what you're seeing going on. So now let's move that out the way. Let's go a little further with this. Look what we brought out just around the same time in this series. One world religion set to open in 2022. Why is that so important? Because look, right here, 2015, Satan ruled his ugly head and God has let us look inside a spiritual realm of what's taking place in these battles. Now he's pointing to, what is that? Watch what this is. In collaboration with Pope, these are the buildings that's going up in Dubai. These are the headquarters that are being set up or done in collaboration with Pope Francis, the Sunni Muslim leader, Sheikh Ahmed Al-Tayyib, and they both have signed a peace, global peace covenant called the Document of Human Fraternity for World Peace. So what are we looking at? False Christ. What is the first thing Matthew says is going to come? He says, false Christ. The Pope believes he is the vicar of Christ who's on this earth speaking in his behalf. He speaks as Christ on this earth. You can't see it now, but in 2015, he came to America and set it up and said, this is what I'm going to do. Now, seven years later, another Shemitah year, we see him doing it. It's all lining up exactly like God says. The Shemitah year raises nations, removes nations. So while he's moving his ugly head out there, we're also seeing the leadership of the nations, the governments around the world, the rise of Germany, who's going to head up the final 10 toes, all coming to pass in this final year of the Shemitah. And at the same time, we're watching the United States being destroyed. I don't know how much more understanding, information, a biblical insight this world needs to be able to understand what it's facing right now. It cannot fix its problem. We're doomed until Jesus Christ comes back. So I put up on that screen now, if you can see it right here, <clears throat> what he did. 2015, the Pope coming to America, and now we have the beginning of the first seal. <clears throat> Excuse me. I asked the question, are we at the beginning of the seals? I believe we are in that time right now. My opinion, time will tell. Let's leave this screen up too, Jeff. I want to bring this up again because this is really important to understand. So I want to sink, sink into your head so when you see this, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. All right? The end is not yet. 
All right, so now, what God's saying, listen, don't be troubled when you see all this stuff. We're looking at it. Our first tendency is to be troubled. It's like, man, this is not good. Jesus Christ says it's got to come to pass. He said, but he wants us to look further than that. See, he's told us already, so we are prepared for when it's coming. Now we need to do something about it and be prepared. I also brought this out in Wars of Rumors of Wars, talking about the change of mindset. So it's one thing to hear about something, but then it's another to actually see the event. For the mind to accept the reality of the event. For the example, for then shall be great tribulations, was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Now, I don't know how to, I don't know how to picture that. But I, I, can, I can give you an idea from when I've seen here in Hurricane Katrina, we all get an idea when you look at the news in Ukraine how things are just being destroyed. <clears throat> all right, now take a look at this. The long-range deterioration of the planet. We spoke about that in 2020. We knew that we'd have to get from the time where we had, actually it was things were doing really well in the United States. We, low prices on gas were $2 a barrel, and I mean a gallon. And we seemed to have peace. They had the Abrahamic Accords coming. We actually had no new wars. And then all of a sudden it's gone. Like in a blink of an eye. COVID was already on the, on the march around the world. We didn't even know it yet in, in January of 2020. We're talking about another series that I'd like for you to be able to look into. We talk about a lot of these things and we're not finished that series yet. We're going to go into them a little bit more. Jeremiah was sent in advance to warn the people of what is coming if they didn't repent. That is a commission that God has given to his church. It is to warn this world for what's coming. In fact, Ezekiel says if we don't warn them, their blood's on our hands. It's our, it's our job as God's people to call, call out, to cry aloud and spare not, to show my people their sins. Not a pleasant message, but it's one that has to be said, it has to be given, and it has to go before the world to give them a chance to repent. Now, let's take all this, let's take a look at the first, the, I mean the second, famines. We are, we're in the time of false Christ already come. We see that with the Pope and many others around the world. But how about famines? All right, that's the second thing that shows up. Wars and rumors of wars, and then, then there comes the famines. We covered the wars and rumors of wars a little bit in that sermon I just talked about a few minutes ago. Now let's go a little bit further. What's the next one? Famines. Famines always follow wars, sometimes only locally, but in other times, like we live today, they're all interconnected and the famines today are talking about a global famine. Famines caused by several factors, including war, natural disasters, crop failure, widespread poverty, economic catastrophe, and government policies. Yes, there's been famines in the past, but nothing like Jesus Christ said that in the end time there would not be anything like it. November 8, 2021, the World Food Program warned all right, this is just a few months ago. They warned that 45 million people were on the brink of famine across 43 countries. This is about five months before the war that just took place in Ukraine, the, in the breadbasket of Europe and Russia. According to the historical understanding, somewhere between the years of 1914 and 1945, we're talking about the wars of World War I and World War II, there were as many as 42 to 50 million people who died. 42 to 50 million people who died from starvation from countries around the world. 
We here in America it, can't fathom that. We don't understand what it's like for an entire nation to be starving to death. But now even in Ukraine, they have many cities in the nation itself. They have no food. And they don't have any water. They're actually drinking from, from water left in the streets somewhere, or from ice being melted. And many of those cities have no power. And they're beginning to starve even right there in Ukraine. Most of these famines and starvation come from heavily populated nations like China and Russia and Japan, but also in nations like Iran, Turkey, and Vietnam. They had massive millions of people starved in periods of time during these war-torn years. Today, we're beginning to see the world conditions and the food scarcity is quickly moving to the conditions of the first two world wars. This time it's going to affect the United States unlike it affected any time in the past. We had a taste of it during the time of the Dust Bowl in the time that we went through the Great Depression from 1928. From 28 till we actually got into the war, the United States never really recovered from its disaster. <clears throat> we brought this out just about a month ago, February 4th, 2022, we talked and we warned about the coming economic tsunami. Is there any way out? I'm going to play that video clip of exactly what we said back then. It's about six minutes long. Take a look and I'll be right back. More problems are coming. The supply chains, they haven't ended. The inflation hasn't stopped. And oil continues to rise. It almost hit $90 this week. It may by the time you get this program and they expect it to go to $150 a barrel by 2023. That means whatever extra money you had is going to be gone taking care of all the oil. Because of that, everything's going up. The food now supply is going to begin to dry up down as we go. Higher prices for commodities like corn will further inflate the prices. The wheat. So if I go through this and I look at it, and I don't have time now because I spent too much time at the beginning. But in this middle chart, you look at the different the different products. So now because of prices of fertilizers and oil and everything that it takes to run, they're having to re-decide what they want to plant. Because if you plant corn, it requires so much more nitrogen in corn than it does, say, for soybeans or for wheat. So what we need in corn, they're not going to be producing because it's too expensive. They can't afford to. They'll lose their shirt. So the farmers are failing. Fertilizer prices are driven up because of cost. Farmers are developing in the world or curtailing production, which means global hunger could worsen. Can you see how everything's lining up? So if you want to know how we're going to get to those four seals, I'm showing you, you're there now. All of these things are lining up, showing us what's coming. You're there right now. Now, why is that taking place? Now, here's something they're not, they don't want you to know. All right, you ready for this? Surging fertilizer pushes the farmers to shift planting plans and raise prices. So where's it coming from? The rise in fertilizer costs is partly because of fuel, the elevated natural gas prices, which is the key ingredient for nitrogen-based fertilizers, as well as severe storms in the U.S. So we got higher prices of oil, gas, natural gas, and we've had crop failures because of storms. But this they didn't tell you. China this past summer has banned exports of phosphate. So what does that got to do with us? Well, just like with COVID, we realize we don't have masks. We don't have gloves. Everything we get to protection, all our medicines, the pills, it's all coming from China. 
Our own greed has sent a producing nation to a consuming nation, and now we're at the hands of the ones who are producing. Remember God said, don't become in debt because you're going to be the beggar. Well, we are. We're the beggar. And, and now President Biden, his first day in office, made us a beggar state for oil shuts down a lot of our own production, and then goes begging the OPEC in Russia to give us oil, sell us oil. When you didn't need it, you were producing it. It's insane what's going on here. But China banned the exports. They priced phosphorus fertilizers from $450 and $500 a ton to $830 and $920. Because we can't get what we need from China, who's the largest producer, everything else went up. China halts phosphate exports. It was a headline. It was out there, but they didn't tell you about it. You just didn't know. All right, how about this? September 30th, dry fertilizer is getting ready for all fall applications in this photo from last year. The Missouri fertilizer prices this year are up 60% to 85% depending on the product. China, the world's largest phosphate exporter, has frozen exports to June 2022. That means this planting season, what they need to plant the crops to supply oil for gas, uh, you know, because you have a corn mixture, food products for the, the third world countries, they're not going to be planting a lot of it because they don't have the money to. And they know if they plant it, they're going to lose money and they're out of business. So how do you tell the tsunami's coming? Well, just take a look offshore. The waves are rising. And it's about to run over mankind. Can you imagine that? One month ago, I was shocked to have to bring to you oil didn't reach $90 a barrel. A month later, I'm telling you it's $127 a barrel. And that's not the end of it. They're literally talking now the potential of $200 to $220 a barrel for oil. Can't imagine what gas is going to be by that stage. And they still will not turn around the EPAs and all the, the, the refineries to be able to allow them to produce what they need to produce and can produce. We literally have enough fossil fuels to be able to produce everything we need for about 100 years. Unbelievable, but it's all taking place. Ukraine, we brought this out. Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe, producing 13% of all the wheat that's being produced and sent around. It, it ranked number one, sunflower seed exports. It's one of the top six producers of oil and wheat. The Ukrainian commodity exports are destined for nations across Europe and across the globe in Europe, and, I'm sorry, in Egypt, Indonesia, Turkey, and Tunisia. Ukraine has become a corn Exporting powerhouse over the past decade, the nation produced 42 million tons of corn in 2021. Ukraine is also one of the largest exporters of grain. Between Ukraine and Russia, they export 27% of the world's wheat. That means what we had last year between these two nations will not be available this year for the rest of the world. Literally one quarter of production or 27% to be exact. It's interesting that fourth seal, God says, that when it happens, it will affect one-fourth the planet. Isn't that interesting? Between those two nations, we're talking about one-fourth of the world's wheat exports. This is not an accident of what you're seeing taking place. Right now, Ukraine is entering the beginning of its planting season. 
And because of the war, they will not be able to plant. Ukraine. This is the headlines now. One month later from that video I just showed you. The Ukraine war is economic catastrophe, warns the World Bank. So there's an economic, we called it uh, a tsunami. They're talking about an economic catastrophe that's on its way. It's at our doorstep. This is coming from the global food crunch that's going to hit this world. The war in Ukraine is a catastrophe for the world which will cut global economic growth, the president of the World Bank has told the BBC. Mr. Malpas, who is the president, has said that the economic impact on the war stretches beyond Ukraine's borders and rises in the global energy prices, in particular to hit the poor and the most, the most poor nations as it does with the inflation as that continues to grow. We're looking at something that's beyond reason and it's moving fast. If they stop the war today, they cannot fix what they have just undone. There's not enough time to turn around and put things back together again. Russian supplies and commodities are being restricted. That's right. You want to talk about restricting Russia? Russia says, go right ahead. We got a few tools, too. The Russian supplies are being restricted because of the widespread sanctions, which make it hard for the rest of the world to buy its products. The Ukrainian supplies have been stopped because the fighting has closed the ports, the country's ports. There's no way, it says, this is coming from the World Bank. These are not Tom's words. These are not coming from just something I put together. These are coming from the people who run the world. And they're telling us, you can't turn this around. This can't be stopped now. They had a chance to stop it. Russia sat on the Ukraine's border since the March of last year. They wouldn't do a thing. They didn't want to upset Russia. At the same time, and I don't have to, I'm going to be careful so I don't get too far off track here. At the same time, the United States is pushing the Ukraine to get into the NATO. And Russia said that's not going to happen. And so they sat there. So while they're pushing for one thing, they're saying just the opposite. And because they were almost signed an accord in December and November with Ukraine, bring them into NATO, Russia said that's not going to happen. They invade it. Unbelievable what you're looking at. is a government that's been lying to us, and I'm going to bring those proofs to you in the weeks ahead. We've got the documentation. They went on to say there's no way to adjust quickly enough for the loss of the supply of the Ukraine from Russia, and so it's through the prices, according to Mr. Malpass. This is from Cyril Hedge. The food crisis is imminent. Hungary bans all grain exports effective immediately. Those who have it are no longer giving it away, and those who don't will soon find themselves in the middle of an epic food crisis. This is not if, this is not what happens. This is telling you this is already on its way. It's on its way. And I'm telling you, and we're going to cover in the second half, if you haven't begun to prepare, you better get on the ball right now. Because you're going to find yourself going to the store at toward the end of this year and there's going to be nothing in many places. We already began to see it drying up through the phone chain. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Just hours after Russia effectively banned exports of fertilizers, now no more fertilizers coming out of Russia, Hungary, one of Europe's most grain-rich nations, has circled the wagons and just announced that it will be banning all grain exports effective immediately also. So now everybody's hunkering down. They're all locking in. Everybody's looking out for themselves. And the whole world now is going to pay a price. Could have been stopped. Famines. Expect wheat prices already at record highs to promptly double from here in the next few weeks as the world realizes the extent of the global food crisis that is coming. It's coming. I'm telling you, you need to begin to do something if you haven't started doing it. Let me show you a few, just a few charts here and we're gonna move on to get us closer to that second half of the program. This is a chart of European fertilizer prices in the blue and the European natural gas prices in the green on that chart. So you'll need to leave that up, Jeff, so I can bring this out. Look at the European fertilizer price and look at where we are now in 2021 toward the end of that chart. Here's the European natural gas, and I put a star by it because you see Europe needs to import their gas. This was 2008 during the last crisis when everything was, was really a problem. We thought things were going to begin to end that time. We thought it was the beginning of the collapse. Well, no. Look how that was there. And look where we are now. We're just starting this. Can you imagine in 20, this is 2021. This is not 2022 yet. Russia counter sanctions on the world. You want to, they say, you want to sanction us? Fine, we can play that game. We're going to put sanctions too. It's on the rest of the world. The coming food crisis will strike every country that is using food fertilizer. Well, that's every country. Russian Interfax reported that as part of Moscow's counter sanctions, Russia has recommended fertilizer makers to halt exports, a move which will send not only further fertilizer prices orbitally higher, but all food prices will soon follow. Worse still, remember that little star I just had on that other box? Worse still, natural gas is required to manufacture in the process of nitrogen fertilizers. What are the corn, for, what are the corn growers saying? We need a lot of nitrogen for corn. And what they're saying is you need, you need a lot of gas to produce the fertilizer. They're not going to get the gas to produce the fertilizer to produce the corn. Meanwhile, the wheat's being stopped. Other nations are stopping their exports, so everybody's protecting themselves. You've got a perfect storm scenario beginning to line up right now. Isn't it amazing that we're in a 2022 year, a Shemitah year? And God says, seven times greater punishment. If we look around the world, if you went back to that chart and you see in 2008 the disaster coming, and now you looked at 2021 and 2022, oh, we're far greater than just seven times. Look at this. This is in 2021. This is the average weekly prices of what we're looking at here of uh, uh, fertilizer prices. Look at 2021, where it went to. 2022 will be worse than 2021. Now, let's go on. Now, look at this headline. This is out of the Western Journal. This came out just this past Sunday. 
corn and soybean farmers to Americans, your grocery bill is going up $1,000 a month. I can't fathom that. Now, I'll say that that might be a slight exaggeration, depending on what, how much you use and what you do use. But one thing's for sure, it's going to skyrocket. If you think you're paying a lot now, wait until the fall. If there's food to buy in many stores. Ben Reichich, of the owner of the Blue Diamond Farming Company who in Iowa, the farm of 16,000 acres in that state, told Carson, uh, Tucker Carlson, that the sanctions will have far-reaching impact on our food supplies in the very near future. This is not a small company. This is a company that raises and grows on 16,000 acres. He says, if you think the high cost of gasoline is a problem now, wait till the summer when your grocery bill is sore. Well, get ready. Soaring fertilizer prices are likely to bring spiking food prices, he said. If you're upset that gas is a dollar or two up a dollar to a gallon, wait till your grocery bill is up a thousand dollars. And it might not just manifest itself in terms of price, it could be quantity as well. Empty shelf syndrome may be starting. Have you ever been in a catastrophe area? like a hurricane coming and went to the grocery? Did you ever notice how fast the shelves empty? I'm telling you now, there's a tsunami coming, there's a hurricane on the horizon, and you better get your cupboards prepared right now. And not just for short term, because when God says when it begins, it's only the beginning it's not going to end. Now, there'll be periods that won't, it'll go up and it'll go down, but it will not go back to normal. So now, how do you prepare for the lean? I hope I've made an impact in your mind that will focus on you need to prepare if you haven't. I've been telling in, in this program and in my sermons, for decades now, get out of debt. And now I'm taking it to a new level. Now I'm saying you better begin to store if you haven't. How do we know what to do? Well, the Bible tells us. It gives us many examples. None more clearly explained than Joseph in Egypt. Now, we're going to talk about that when we come back. So now let's take a break. Take a look at this video. I want it to be as matter-of-factly, I want it to catch your attention, I want it to be out the box, because you see, everything I showed you, those are not my quotes. Those are the leaders and the experts around the world telling us it is coming. Now, do you believe them or not? Why did I begin this time with the Bible instead of the news events? Because God told us first that it's coming. And here's what I'm telling you. It's here. It's now. It's time, if you haven't, to prepare. We'll talk about that when we come back. Get a video here. It says, I have overcome the world. Take a look, and I'll be right back. I have seen the pace of your life. The stress. The anxiety. The constant movement 
rushing from one place to the next, chasing after your desires, or running from your fears. I see how you struggle, striving to meet your needs all on your own. I see the burdens placed upon you and the burdens you place upon yourself. In the midst of this chaos and hurry, I am calling out to you to slow down. Be still and know that I am God. It is I who set the earth in motion. It is I who sustains you, protects you, and provides for your needs. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Trust in me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid, for I will never leave you. Let your soul find rest in me and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. For neither death nor life, the present nor the future, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from my love. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. All righty, welcome back. All right, now I know I went a long time in that first segment. But it was very, very important. We, we have to focus on what's really coming. So I wanted to lay that foundation to get into this next segment. Now we're going to talk about being proactive in the lean years. So it's not just good enough to know what's coming. What if you were in the hurricane path and you didn't prepare? You know, sometimes you got to get out of there and sometimes you need to hunker down and be prepared and have food in the cupboard, have water, your generators, have your gasoline. All of that you have to be in prepared for. So now, I want to bring in a segment. This time is the segment from last summer. In this last summer, we began talking about Pharaoh's dreams. We actually had six or seven segments in a row about beginning to be prepared. If you hadn't started preparing, you need to do it now. But take a look at this segment. It's about five minutes long. Then I'll be right back to talk about preparation. Pharaoh's dream, talking about the seven years of lean and the seven years of plenty. So at the end time, God tells us that it appears from, from all indication, we're going to have years of lean. So now, the background of the story is that, jo that God begins to save Israel by putting Joseph in prison, believe it or not. It's kind of interesting that when Jesus Christ comes back, he said, well, he's going to have to come rescue us again. Why? Because we're going to be in a state of captivity. So the story is just one part of a long line of events that pro was prophesied to Abraham. That story is picked up all the way back in Genesis chapter 15. So now, the story goes, and this, this is biblical from what God says, so it's not a make-believe story. 
that when the sun was going down, that a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror and great darkness fell upon him. And he said to Abram, God said to him, Know of a surety that your seed shall be a stranger in a land that's not theirs, and they shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And we know that story from that time on all the way through his generations that it eventually brought to where Joseph was brought into captivity and Israel was saved, brought to a land that was not theirs. Joseph is in prison. Now we pick up the story in Genesis 41. So it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had demanded, and behold, he, he stood by, I'm sorry, not demanded, but dreamed. He stood by a river, and behold, there came up out of the river seven well-felled kind of fat-fleshed, and they were fed in the meadow. We're talking about the cows of what, he's, what he saw. And behold, seven others came out of the river, and they were ill-favored and lean-fleshed. And they stood by the other kind on the brink of the river. Going on. Verse 4. And the ill-favored and the, in the lean-fleshed kind did eat up the seven well-favored fat kind, and Pharaoh awoke. It's an interesting story we tell our kids, but the story is for you and I. This is an end-time story of what's coming. It's a warning for what's going to take place in our day. Of course, it also saved Israel back then. That's what the story we learned. So, as he slept, he dreamed, and the second time, behold, seven ears of corn came up on one stalk, ranked and good, and then seven thin ears blasted with the east wind and sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the rank and full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So he has the same type of dream a second time. So now, we all understand basically what this means. But what we need to understand that this is the duality of events of the Israelites coming out of captivity, but very little has been shown up going up into captivity. What am I saying here? What I'm saying is that over the years, the church has always talked about coming out of captivity like the Israelites did in Egypt at the end time. But the church has spent very little time talking about how we go into captivity is what we've been doing here today. Isaiah 11, 11 reconfirms some of this. It says in Isaiah 11, it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people that shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathos and Cush and Elam and from Shinar and Hamath and from the islands of the sea. So God's going to come back. He's going to rescue his people one more time, just like he did with the children of Israel. Now, at that time, how did he rescue them? He said the famine was over the face of the earth. Jesus Christ is telling us in Matthew 24, Luke 21, and in books of Revelation, the seals, a famine, the pestilence, going to be all over the face of the earth. And Joseph opened the storehouses and at that time sold to the Egyptians and the famine waxed sore in the land. And all the countries came to Egypt and to Joseph to buy corn because the famine was sore in all the lands. So now, these are all stories we know, but we need to pick up the story a little further to understand leading into the captivity. So now, when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, 
Why do you look upon one another? He said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down there and buy us from there that we may live and not die. There's a boldness. There's a sternness, a confidence in his voice. This is at the beginning of the famine. So at that particular time, he's got this confidence. Just go buy us some stuff. We'll get us through to next year. But look at the next verse here in chapter. Chapter 43, verse 2. This is one year later. And it came to pass that when they had eaten up the corn which they had bought at Egypt from the first, 42 verse 1, their father said, go and buy us a little food. Remember I told you the scriptures, the way it's laid out, you pick up what God's trying to tell us from the way he uses the words. Here in chapter 42, there's a boldness and confidence that we got what we need to get us through this time. Next year is going to be different. We're going to be fine. But by this time, go down again and buy us a little food. In other words, the resources were drying up. What are we looking at here? We're looking at the revenue strain. We're looking at what's leading up to the, the process of getting everything to them was drying up. That's the time right here. This is the time you and I are living in today. All right, now, let's, let's pick that up now. All right, that was just last summer, explaining to you where, they, where they are. This is talking about buying green, going to Egypt, right? Here's the scriptures that you just saw in that video from last summer. Now, let's pick it up and let's, let's try to put this in perspective right now. So now, where are we? So if I looked at this and we were bringing us back into Egypt and Jacob was there and he's sending us where would we be at, right? So right now, we know there's food out there somewhere. And so I'm telling you, very similar to what Jacob told his children, go buy us some food. Right now, you're in the position, God willing, that you still have resources, you still have a, a house, a place to put it in. And so what I'm telling you now is you need to go gather, just like he told them then, and if you could afford to get seven years of grain, get it. What you can, you, you need to balance what you can have because you see, we're coming to this stage. And what I'm saying now is a year from now, we will be in that second phase when you want to go buy things and you'll be saying, well, go get us a little food. Because it's real possible from what we're looking at that the, the, that's going to dry up. There's not going to have the abundance that you can still get things right now. Even if you're paying more, you better do it now before it's too late. And I'm telling you, don't even wait till the fall. I'm telling you right now, get yourself in gear and begin to search out, begin to lay out your plans. And that's what we're talking about. We need to be at this stage in prophecy to get us prepared for years of lean. Now, I always say the Bible doesn't say at the end time there's seven years of lean, but it talks about a seven-year period. And it also talks about a time of tribulation. It talks about famines and, and wars. So we're at that stage right now. So what I'm telling you, sit down, get your finances out, and begin to prepare for the lean. Now, I just want to lay a foundation here, and we're going to talk a lot more about this in the weeks ahead. First, preparing for the lean. The first thing you always do is spiritual. If your life isn't right with God, you need to get right with God. All right, you need to focus. 
You need God's protection or you're not going to make through what's coming. Two, you need to begin to sit down and look at your financial picture, where you are, and begin to lay out your finances, begin to lay out your bills. We'll go through all that in, in, the, in just the near future, but I got, want to get to something more important. Your health, that's another area of preparation, preparing for the lean. Where do you stand? And then fourth is the fourth category where I want to talk about today, your staples, your food and drink. So that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm talking about that first because of the urgency. I don't want to wait till this summer to get to it and say, you know, you need to go out and get things prepared. Knowing by this summer, things could be a lot more expensive. All right. And so you do it now. Second is the potential of food shortages. I don't know how fast the food shortages are going to be. I, I really don't. But from what they're telling us, it's going to come pretty quick. Why wait? Why would you want to wait if you could prepare now? We're at the stage where God showed us the example of Jacob. Go buy some food that we may live. And I'm telling you, go get prepared so you can weather the storm that's coming. All right, let's take a look at our food and drink. To prepare for and to survive of a food shortage, one must identify the potential risk in your area, take an inventory of your current resources, especially your food and your water, then develop a food storage plan to grow both a short and a long-term food storage program. Start a garden. Find, even if it's small or it's indoors, find ways to begin to supplement what you're going to need that you're not going to find at the store. I'm saying you need to learn how to prepare and preserve foods. For example, we did a food bank right here in our church for people who needed it some years ago. You know what happened to us? Because we didn't have enough knowledge on how to prepare the food bank. Our food began be getting to eat by roaches and, and rats. And so when we went to go get it, it's like there's holes in it. And it was, it was like, oh, man, you have to throw so much out. So what I'm saying is that not only do you go find the food, you begin an education plan on how to prepare and store it properly. Right? You just don't go this blind. Begin immediately to looking to obtaining the long-term essentials that you're going to need. All right, your dry food and oil. Survival foods have the longest shelf life. But I'm, there's a problem with some of that, right? I'm going to tell you that in just a second. All right, so soft grains, soft grains such as barley, uh, quinoa, rye, and grits, they can last up to eight years if they're sealed properly and have oxygen absorbers. If you don't know what an oxygen absorber, you need to go educate yourself on oxygen absorbers, especially in the South where we have a lot of humidity and moisture, that food needs to stay dry, sealed, and oxygen out of there into the container. Your hard grains, you want to you begin looking into hard grains. Rolled oats, white rice. And if for us in the church, you might want to do brown rice, which is much healthier. Hardtack type foods, flour, dried pastas. And believe it or not, on the list of things that you want to store, ramen noodles. <laughs> They're inexpensive, believe it or not. Those are all the things that you want to begin looking at to begin to store. How do you obtain them? There's certain ways to obtain the dry foods and oils and staples. The one way is through the survivalist groups. Now, many of these things, they're already done for you, and they sometimes have 25-year shelf lives, but they're very expensive. I mean, really, really expensive. If you can afford it, I bet, recommend you go look into the various companies that offer them. 
I think Glenn Beck's got one out there. I haven't gotten anything from him yet. I don't know. In fact, I don't, I personally don't have any of that stored yet, but I plan to. You know, whatever I advise, I try to do myself. I don't want to be a hypocrite. But here, but here, you can, you can buy certain things. If you can get some, get them. But there's some problems with that. They can be very expensive. Also, our dietary needs often prevent many of the mixed packaging. They put things in that we can't eat. So you can't eat them. There's a second thing that, actually this was brought to me by George Palmer one time, I never even thought about it. The second concern and very important, many of the options that are available in these products, they have leavening in them. <laughs> so that means during the days of unleavened bread, you have to actually go in, open the seals and break stuff out of it that's got leaven and throw it away. So you want to be real careful if you're going this route. Now, if you can, get some. I'm telling you, get some. Maybe single containers of flour, single containers of rice or whatever. All right? Going on. Second, learn storage. Educate yourself. There are books available online, and their Internet's full of free recipes and websites and lots of useful helps and tips. Here's one I brought in, canning and preserving for dummies. <laughs> I brought that in because I always loved those. When I did farming up on the farm where my brother lives now, and I always said, growing for dummies. I said, well, that's for me, growing for dummies. Here's one, dehydrating foods. You know, you can get your, when you go to the store, you find a, a sale on certain fruits and vegetables. You need to learn how to dehydrate some of them. Eat some, put away some for the future. You need to think short-term, long-term to begin to prepare. Here's one talk about uh, home food drying. How do you dry things at home and put them in a can and preserve them? Grow your own herbs, your own spices. You know, make, make some enjoyment out of it and you become healthier. And here's the thing. If it doesn't happen right away, you simply rotate your stock, you eat what you bought, and you're no worse off than you were. Right? But isn't it better to be prepared than not? We know that from the, with the virgins waiting for the wedding. Remember the spiritual analogy, when the bridegroom finally comes, some were ready, some were not. They said, give us some of your oil. And they said, no, if we give you ours, we ain't going to have enough. And so some went in and some didn't. So there's the principles. In future NNI programs, we're going to talk more about Growing things, indoors and outdoors. We're talking about planting. We're talking about seed storage. We're talking about building a low-cost greenhouse. In fact, I may even bring one of our cameras to my house because I built one out of PVC before Hurricane Katrina when, when, when my children were very little. It still stands. It's in pieces, some of it right now, but I'm putting it back together. I'm going to have my greenhouse growing again. But it's, it's went through decades, and it's went through hurricanes. It went through some of the most powerful hurricanes come through this area. And for the most part, it's still standing and it's relatively inexpensive. Year-round herbs and spices that you can learn to grow. Even soil prep, how you can prepare your soil properly. So now, let's wrap this up. Here's the Book of Hope, First, 2 Peter 3.11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation in godliness? Through it all, we need to keep your eyes focused that Jesus Christ is coming back. That all your preparation, all the plans and everything that we do is to get us to where Jesus Christ will return and be prepared for what's coming on the face of the earth that this world has no clue. 
All right, let's wrap it up now. From the home office, DVDs in the mail last week, the Battle of New Orleans in the sermon that I was telling you about today, Wars and Rumors of Wars. You can write for it. We'll send it to you. Or you don't have to wait. Go online and you can watch it right away. All right, so in the mail last week, the newsletter, Wars and Rumors of Wars, and we also began offering the very first DVD on the series that I'm actually working on right now, Walking in the Footsteps of Jeremiah. All right, I got a lot more to say, but I went way over time today. So we're going to begin to wrap it up with another upbeat video. Take a look. It's called Glory to the Lord. And I'll be right back to close our program. Glory to the Lord. Well, that's it for our program today. I want to close by saying now's not the time to panic. Now's not the time to be so excited. Now's the time to take action. Take action. God has showed us in advance what's coming. We can look to him that he's also going to give us his protection and his security. And he wants us to be ready for his return. Get busy. Be prepared. Get on your knees before Jesus Christ and and if you haven't done so, lady, ask God to reach inside as we prepare for the Days of Unleavened Bread and just a little bit over a month away to prepare to take that covenant of the Passover service and the recommitment with your covenant with God at baptism. Well, that's it. A lot to think about. And remember, share this with everyone you know. They're going to love you for it or not. Till next week, God be with you.